Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. And good morning and welcome to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick and I'm here this morning once again with attorney Ted Hansen. And we're going to talk to you a little bit today about you know all the challenges that each and every one of us is facing every day. And what are the things that you should be doing? And from our perspective, of course, we're estate and elder law attorneys. We also do lots of real estate work and business law. And all of these areas are highly impacted by current events. You know, I, you know, the news is, you know, shocking to each of us on a daily basis. We've got COVID-19 on the, you know, somewhat of a rise, and there's a lot of discussion about that, but it's still out there. It's still big, and we all need to be concerned, and especially our seniors. And, you know, I'm just really, you know, asking our young folks out there that um, I know you're restless. Man, I can only imagine when I was your age how restless I would be. I was restless then, and I get it. But um, this is a time for maturity and really to take uh, responsibility as as full-fledged grown-ups out there and act accordingly and um, really help protect uh, your folks and, and your grandparents. We're not the evil ones, I promise. Um, so do that. You know, folks, the protest and the unrest continues. Um, that has a nation, you know, our nation on nerve. And certainly for those folks who are involved in it uh, as a, I'm going to say, a victim that you're your business or your home or your livelihood has been uh, taken from you. Um, this is very difficult. Um, the turbulent stock market up again, down again, up again, down again. The, you know, the massive unemployment. Folks, we are a nation facing unprecedented challenges, and each of us needs to be prepared for an uncertain future. What is certain about our future is its uncertainty right now. And whatever we thought January 1st of this year, things are now different. We all want to go back to normal, but I'm sad. I'm saddened that that may not be a reality. Now, part of the argument is, well, gee, going back to normal doesn't solve some of the issues that gave rise to this. I concur with that. I think we can make positive change, and we do need to keep working on that. However, until the violence stops, then there really should be no negotiations with these folks. Um, violence is not the way to get results. If we reward violence, we will get more violence. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox. You know where I feel here. I love my country. I'm a patriot. I served in the United States Navy. I worked in the defense industry for a very big part of my youth and uh, as a young adult and um, I'm red, white, and blue, but I know that our country is not perfect. But darn it, it's better than anything else I can find out there. So that's my bottom line is work with what we have, folks. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We constantly and continually improve. When you study history, actually history, you need to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of history. That's what shapes us. So let's, you know, let's maintain our history. Let's understand it. Let's not destroy it. That is a path to destruction. Ted, let's shift this gloomy conversation and uh, bring it back to, you know, what we do every day here at Gregory and Associates and sometimes in the evening and weekends. So it's nature of the business, but we're here to serve you folks. Um, we are able to meet with you uh, telephonically, video, in home, in office, in the park. You know, we're going to do our part to deliver the legal services to you that you 
so desperately need. So, um, Ted, you deal with our elder population rather intimately, and obviously this has been a big concern to you and, you know, many of your clients uh, you've had, you know, been impacted by COVID. We've had our clients succumb to COVID, and uh, sadly we're settling their affairs. Um, But this is a reality. But just the gut thing that's going on with the elder community and the services that you can provide to help give them some sense of, you know, relief, I guess. Well, good morning, first of all. Um, you know, this, this as Rick mentioned, has been a really, really trying time, and it's been even more so with the elderly community who are adversely negatively affected by this disease. And and to be able to plan for those folks uh, has been rather challenging, to be quite honest with you. Most of what we do involves face-to-face contact. Most of it involves going out to these various uh, adult family homes and nursing homes and hospitals and things of that nature to interact with people who are you know, near death or in those last stages of life and have not gone to the trouble of putting together some type of an estate plan. And when we talk about estate planning in particular, I think everyone knows that we will eventually die. Um, and, and it brings up a, a number of other issues that are that are out there. And we could do a whole show on why people don't do what they should do. But nevertheless, it, it forces people to consider their mortality. And, and to that end, it's been, you know, rather productive in our world that a lot of people are taking care of things that they should have done a long time ago. And it's much like this COVID thing that all of a sudden you're faced with something that you don't know the end to. But we are in the business of trying to shape outcomes here. And by planning... Uh, and planning for all ages, not just the elder population. I deal with the young people as well as old people. It's just that the older crowd has been Im- adversely impacted, and getting to them has been difficult, to be honest with you. But we are still open for business. We're still meeting people. Uh, if you're comfortable, we do social distancing at the office. If you want to do it by video, we can do it that way. I've done a great number of things by telephone. Um, so there are ways to get this done, so please don't let this stop you from doing your planning. Yeah, yeah, I've talked to a couple of folks, Ted. They said, well, you know, so much of this going on, maybe they should wait until this is over. Uh, No, please, don't. Waiting is a bad idea. And and it really is. And we've found people, Rick, that, as you know, that are caught in the middle of this without anything in place. And that is just the worst possible outcome for your family and all those around you uh, being helpless to try to help you in a situation that's already compounded by these issues with the COVID. Well, privacy issues, HIPAA, you know, HIPAA laws, uh, visitation rights. Once people are put in the hospital or quarantine, you know, it's still difficult to um, have visitation rights and it, it is. and to it's... be able to communicate with authority. Legal authority is really what we're trying to get people to do, which means, folks, you know, we've got to really focus on your health care documents. This is of extreme importance in today's environment to focus on medical documents. So here at Gregor and Associates, we do a multiple of medical documents to give you a broad-based coverage. And these documents are tailored in large part to you, your age, your situation, your health condition, things of that nature, your personal beliefs and desires. But we want to have, as a minimum, a document that will provide authorization for others to speak with your doctors. In other words, a HIPAA authorization. And this is one we can do as a law firm that will work as a blanket authorization, whereas the ones you do with the hospital or doctor specific to those institutions at the time. And under today's situation, you may or may not have the opportunity to even deal with some of those things. So we want to have your documents in place. And then, you know, when people get into a situation where they're unable to make their own medical decisions, either due to a physical or mental incapacity, um, you need to have a very robust and proactive medical durable power of attorney and it really folks it's got to be up to date it's got to be current and it's got to work when it needs to work right that that's the thing that that we run into so often is people may have done this years and years and years ago and everybody in that plan is dead and no one has the authority to act on their behalf Yeah, yeah folks let me give you an example here we get this all the time folks have come in with their older estate plan and when i review their medical powers of attorney sometimes they're 
commingled with their financial power of attorney and or it's by itself, but then it has what we call a springing power that would require one or two doctors' writings to turn it on. Folks, this does not work in an emergency. You need to have a power of attorney that's much more flexible than that. We have a light switch feature in our um, powers of attorney that it turns on and off by itself without other writings or things of that nature. And we'll, we explain to you how that all works when uh, when we meet with you. But it's terribly important to have a very robust power of attorney. Hey, we're coming up on a little bit of break. I want to wrap up on this medical side on the other side of break. But folks, uh, we are open. Our telephone number at the office is 425 425- Two eight four three four five zero four two five two eight four thirty four fifty. That's going to get you right to us and get you to schedule your appointments or ask your questions. We're also available at yourpartnerinlaw.com. We'll be right back. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Tori Monson. Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m., right after the big show, I'll be joining Brian Ott with 525 Advisors for his live webinar. You'll learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by Brian and 525 Advisors. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It allows you to stay in control of your care options, and most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. So reserve your spot today. Join Brian and me Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m. I'll kick things off and share my long-term care story. Make sure to reserve your spot today at 525longtermcare.com. Brian keeps the class size small for a great learning environment. Space is limited. It's all free, and I'll be part of it as well. Go to 525longtermcare.com. It's times like these that remind us how crucial it is to make sure your family's health care documents and money management is in order. Hey, it's John Curley. Be proactive, have a plan, and do what's best for your family so everyone can have peace of mind. I can't recommend it enough. Talk to Rick Gregorick. He helped me in my estate plan, and Rick is open and ready to help make sure your plan is properly updated. And if you don't have an estate plan, Rick is absolutely the best in the area to create the proper plan to custom fit for your needs. Rick wants to encourage everyone to follow the guidelines being provided by local and state and federal governments to slow the growth of this deadly virus. It's vitally important to invest in yourself and your family. In a proper estate, an elder law plan has never been more important. Rick Gregorick and Associates are open now and ready to help you. You can schedule your complimentary consultation by calling 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. And welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick at the law firm of Gregorick & Associates. We are open for business, folks. Actually, we never closed. We all went home and worked out of our... uh, 
you know, our dungeons and basements and attics. Until I lost my else? sanity, and then I had to come back to the office. Else Isn't that or... strange, right? <laughs> Did you ever think that you would miss your office? It's just, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you know? we, we missed our office. I, I, I must admit, for the first couple of days, it was kind of nice, right? But then, but then it's like, wow, I, I'm not so sure I can do this long term. And then, of course, my wife always works from home, so the two of us in the house at the same time was a, a bit of a challenge, to say the least. And we've got three dogs. And, I wonder if marriage counseling's on the rise. <laughs> I bet it is. You know, I'm sure it is remotely. Nevertheless, it's uh, life goes on. You know. Well, we all have to learn to adapt to so many different things, and I guess that's one strength that we humans have is we do have an intellect. And we're able to do this. I just beg people, please use your intellect in this. Absolutely. And the other thing, too, is you started off this morning. We are all Americans. We're an incredibly proud society. And and the American spirit, in my opinion, has not died. It may have changed a little bit, but it's not gone, folks. And we can beat this just like we've beaten every other adversity that's come our way since since the dawn of this nation. And we will survive this as well. You bet. Okay, folks, before, uh, you know, in first segment, we were talking about the critical importance of your health care documents, especially during the times we are in and will remain in for the foreseeable future. I, I, I don't know when that is. No one does. I mean, we could have COVID here for the rest of our life, folks. That's possible. I hope not, you know, but hope is a dream. So we have to see what the science takes us and where we go. I am rather confident we will conquer this. But we always have to plan for the worst and hope for the best. And I think that's something we've been very effective at in uh, helping guide our clients in that. So, Well, you know, lawyers, Rick, as we've said before, we come from that from that mindset that we 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 plan from the worst forward okay that is how we do what we do and 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 you just have to take a look at things like that particularly in estate planning because like i said before all of us know that we are going to die we don't know when always some of us do when you have terminal conditions and things of that nature it narrows that down a little bit but nevertheless that shouldn't be the impetus for doing an estate plan that you all of a sudden have some terminal illness because things like disability happen on at, at the flip of a coin right it's so quick the auto accidents the slip and falls those kind of things it happens so quickly uh, that that you really need to be prepared in any event and the younger the that you are the more likely you are to ignore it uh frankly and when you get up into uh you know let's say 50 plus i think you have a heightened awareness that uh that this is real and you've got more years behind you than you have ahead of you. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, so folks, you know, we stress the critical importance of having a pre-authorized, pre-authorized HIPAA authorization to where you have authorized people that you trust to have access to your doctors for communications, get your health care records, help facilitate your care when you are unable to do so yourself. The critical importance of a really tailored medical, durable power of attorney where we're going to talk about all the things we need to deal with, long-term care, hospice care, pain management, um, disability, psychiatric care, um, and make sure that your agents that you've put in place are the best agents, number one, and then number two, that you've done the best job of giving them the legal authorization and authority to act in your best interest on your behalf. I can't overstress how important this is. Now, as we move to another medical-related document of very critical importance during COVID here, we have this discussion with virtually everyone we talk to, and this deals with the living will. The living will is the end-of-life decision document. It's an advanced healthcare directive or healthcare directive here in Washington. And it really is, think of this as a letter of instructions to the doctor in the event you are unable to communicate yourself and you're at end of life facing an irreversible terminal condition or you're in a permanent vegetative state and medical interventions such as respirators or ventilators or intubation or feeding, all these types of things that are critical that they're not helping you. They're not going to fix you. They only, would only be artificially prolonging the process of your dying. This is something we've had in law for many years, back to about 1976, I believe, 75, 76, Karen Ann Quinlan. You might all remember that case. 
And we really want to make sure that you have these advanced healthcare directives that are proper for you. Because there's also a second part of it that, you know, the first part is about not getting care. In other words, I'm terminal, don't do these things. The other one says, well, I've been put on life support. I'm on a ventilator. I'm tubed up. I've got all this going on. And then if it's determined that the artificial means of keeping you alive are just that, artificial means, and absent those, um, you would most likely die, then it authorizes the removal of that. And here comes the issue we want to talk about with COVID. Many people have to be intubated for COVID and put on ventilators. Now, statistically, we know some very grim things. If you're very old, if you're in your 80s or beyond, um, being put on a ventilator in and of itself is a very life-threatening situation. However, when we're, if you're younger, um, you're a little bit healthier, you may be in your 60s or possibly even 70s, just depending on your health, where people do, re- do recover from being put on ventilators in, you know, post-COVID. So not everyone dies, but those with uh, multiple, what they call comorbidities, have a certainly a higher um, mortality rate than those which don't, but they would in every other aspect of life as well. So we really want to focus this. So we need to look at these healthcare directives and these living wills, and we talk to each of you individually, because this is going to be an individual choice. There's no one-size-fits-all here. It depends on who you are, what stage of life you're at, what is your current health situation, all these types of things. But, Ted, this is a conversation we have to have um, with folks, and how's that conversation go? It is, and and quite frankly, uh, a lot of times, be quite frank, that this weirds people out, that they haven't thought about it they don't have the same feelings that their spouses have and folks they don't have to be the same uh they do not have to be one size fits all like rick said usually people have a most people have an idea already about what it is but it's a little bit difficult to explain to them the context of the document and that is that i'm not in an auto accident and they're not going to give me these things or i'm not having an operation and my heart stops and they're not going to try to revive me that's not what we're talking about here as rick indicated earlier it's a permanent vegetative state or it's a terminal condition from which two doctors opine that you have no chance of recovering from absent these artificial means and so this is a really thorny issue sometimes when we go do these with husbands and wives and and one may want something and one may want the other and they feel guilted into doing it or and and i have a lot of people frankly rick that choose to postpone signing it and go home and think about it and come back and sign it again but it's one of those things i think after people give it some thought that they understand the rationale behind the document and and there's more to it just than than those choices the document is designed to be a letter of instruction and to relieve guilt from the person who has to execute on the document and to release the doctors from executing on a document that you executed while you were competent to do so yeah it's just it's just so important folks that you have the right legal documents in place that they're flawless they need to be ready to go and they need to act in an emergency that's the test of your documents do they work in an emergency even poor documents sometimes will get your job done if you have enough time to wrestle with them we don't want to be wrestling with our documents right now we want them to be accepted on their face such that we can move forward and get on to what's important taking care of our loved ones and making sure they're getting the medical attention that they need so this living will folks um You've all got one if you did an estate plan, probably, if you've ever done a will or a trust. You know, many of you will have these. Please get these things out. If it's over two years old, I'd really encourage you to get that updated. We've had a lot of changes in the laws in this area, and you really should put some customization in there um, vis-a-vis COVID because this is a really serious situation that we have, and we need to make sure that you're addressing that and understand the ramifications. Hey, folks. uh, Please give us a call at the office if there's anything we can do to help you or to get your estate and elder law planning underway or get it updated, get 
reviewed. We're here to help you. You can find us at yourpartnerinlaw.com, yourpartnerinlaw.com, or give us a call at the office, 425-284-3450. Again, 425-284-3450. We'll be right back. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregorick and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m., right after the big show, I'll be joining Brian Ott with 525 Advisors for his live webinar. You'll learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by Brian and 525 Advisors. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It allows you to stay in control of your care options, and most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. So reserve your spot today. Join Brian and me Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m. I'll kick things off and share my long-term care story. Make sure to reserve your spot today at 525longtermcare.com. Brian keeps the class size small for a great learning environment. Space is limited. It's all free, and I'll be part of it as well. Go to 525longtermcare.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick of the law firm of Gregorick & Associates. Our website at the law firm is rjglegal.com. That's rjglegal.com. You can also find us at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Folks, we're, uh, we've been open for business since the pandemic uh, began. We're certainly doing business operations differently than we have done well, ever. <laughs> you know, we've always used the Internet. We've always used some sort of video stuff. We've always done you know, telephoning, and we've always gone out to meet people at their homes or at the nursing home or at the hospital. Yeah. And we used to be able to do here. group seminars and things like that, and that which we but, can't do that right but now. But we've had to, you know, either, lo- you know, stop some of those activities altogether or really limit um, activities to, you know, one client in the office at a time and, you know, really, you know, all the social distancing and things like that. And so we're learning and adapting along with you, and we're trying to stay ahead of that curve a little bit. So we're here to help you. We're a service business lawyers are a service business we that's what we provide is a service to you we work for you folks and i you know and i I don't know if enough lawyers really communicate that well to their clients you are our boss we're here to assist you in achieving your goals and your objectives very simply that that that's the whole motive of myself and i know ted and all the other attorneys um that have ever been here and are paralegal staff we really are here to serve your needs and our greatest satisfaction is seeing satisfied clients but most importantly when your documents need to come into action it gives me great pride when i see our documents working being accepted ted we even get compliments from hospitals banks and financial institutions saying things like gee i wish everyone's documents were like this because they're easy and (laughs) they're understandable i mean it sounds so egotistical in that but when i get a letter from a very senior person at bank of america trust saying i have never seen a trust this thorough and complete that makes me feel really proud because we usually don't get a lot of 
positive feedback on the legal work that we do. You know, usually the legal work that goes awry is what gets all the attention. That, that, that's true. And, and you know, we're, we're unique, I guess, in this respect, Rick, that a lot of attorneys that draft estate planning instruments do not do administration work, and that is they don't do the back-end work that, that is required when someone passes away. And by virtue of the fact that we do administration work, we learn a lot about how not to do things, and we learn a lot about things that are done well, frankly. And there are a lot of attorneys out there that do very good work, and there are a lot of attorneys out there that shouldn't be doing the work at all, quite frankly. <laughs> um, yeah, please stop. And, and in this arena, folks, this, the, 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 the state practice is... All lawyers are familiar from a base level with what a will is and what a trust is. However, a, a criminal defense attorney should not be drafting estate planning documents no more than I should be defending criminals in a court of law. If it's, you want to be guaranteed to go to jail, have Ted or I defend you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you want your trial to go awry from a criminal standpoint, you come to us. But, I've, Ted, I've always described estate planning attorneys as the vegetarians well, rather than the, the, the meat eaters of litigators. Well, that, now, I tell true. people, please don't misunderstand that because I think there's more power in the pen yeah. than any place else. And that's where you make strong robust documents that speak for you clearly and objectively and that's our goal here that is and 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 you don't get this same uh kind of attention when you do this kind of stuff yourself or you try to take shortcuts and you try to be cheap about it cheap and estate planning are not a good combination it typically costs people more to unwind bad planning than it would have ever cost them to do it right in the first place and we see so many of this and i can't tell you how many online documents i have had to deal with in my practice that have just horribly gone wrong for one reason or another and like i said generally will cost you 10 times as much to fix the problem as it would have just to do it right the first time yep you know, it's just the old saying. I, mean, I think it's know? like anything else, right? I mean, it's back in the day when you could fix your car. You know, you didn't want to put in cheap parts because you'd just be doing the job again, right? And and that's a good analogy here. Is it, you well, know, Ted, just to put a fine point on that, when we were <coughs> fixing our own cars, we actually put American-made parts we'll in put them, American too. parts and in And they them. were a little simpler, but it was all made in America That's here. exactly right. So, so, much like our documents, just made in part. America. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> Designed, made, and delivered yeah, right here right. in the USA. Folks, we've been talking a lot about your medical documents today. In the part at the beginning of the show, we've talked about making sure you have your HIPAA authorization authorizations in place so critical a proper robust tailored medical durable power of attorney to delegate decision making for you in the event you can't make your own we were discussing the living will lastly that end of life decision making document that says something to the effect if my death is imminent with or without the application of life support please allow me to die naturally or if i've been put on life support and it's only artificially prolonging the process of my dying. Please remove me and allow me to die naturally. This last clause is one of the ones that we need to discuss with COVID in mind. If you were today, I, I, you're sitting there at home today. If you were faced with a decision today where you were inflicted with COVID and you had to be intubated, first question is, do you want to be intubated? Number two, if you are intubated, what about removal and different things like that? Folks, we need to have that conversation. The standard language really didn't, in, in the law, really didn't address something like a pandemic. It was more, you know, it was really geared more to, I guess I'd like to say, just garden variety illnesses. You know, people who have had been in accidents or been have a stroke or in a heart attack and things of that nature. That's what sh those are the types of things that shaped the law. Pandemics did not have an impact on shaping the law. Um, they've just been kind of there. And we've never experienced anything like this in modern history. I know we talk about the Spanish flu and everything, but you know, I, I don't know how comparable 1917 is to today, other than that's about the same time that Karl Marx was uh, killing millions of people over in Europe to um, create Russia. I, I remember that, too. I think a million people died. Um, something like that from the Russian conquest, or actually more than 100 million. You can fact check me on that someplace, folks. Anyhow, um, the last medical document that we really want to talk about really has to do with kind of, you know, giving, and that has to do with organ donation or anatomical gifting.
Folks, I want you to, you know, take a moment. Doesn't have to be right now, but right after the show. I want you to pull out your driver's license, and I want you to take a look at it. And I want you to notice whether or not you have a little red heart on your driver's license. I have found that many people have that heart, and they go and they've forgotten what's that. What's that for? Well, that was meant when you went down and renewed your driver's license. At, it's at, not. I love to drive. Right. Yes, I love to drive. Awesome. <laughs> and so you checked a box or answered the question. Yes, I would like to be an organ donor. Now, wonderful. I, I applaud people who are organ donors or who want to donate their bodies to medical science and that. God bless you, really. The world owes you a great deal of thanks on all of the medical advances and things we have. I'm sure it's even playing a part in bringing about COVID uh, treatments and vaccines, and it's all part of the same engine. But on the same token, organ donation is not for everyone. So we like to have a frank conversation with each of you and start off with the threshold question. One, do you want to participate as an organ donor or not? If the answer is not, we can move on. If the answer is yes, then let's have a discussion to make sure we're all on the same page to understand what it means. In other words, if you say, I want to be an organ donor, are there any restrictions you might have on where your organs go? In other words, would you restrict it to only using your parts for organ donation or something like that where it's going to benefit a living person? Or is it okay for research and education? These are legitimate questions, and we need to ask these questions. So think about these types of things, but take a look at that driver's license. And then we want to take a look at uh, see how those things are going for you. Ted, we have a lot of discussion in this area of anatomical gifting and, and a lot of really kind of uncertainties on the public's part. Well, this is uh, something that's commonly not addressed in a lot of estate plans. I, I don't see anatomical gifting forms in a lot of plans that I see. But it's so important if you're a donor to be able to know with some certainty what that means. And I, I think a lot of folks, like Rick said earlier, not only are they unaware that they actually are a donor, but they're not aware of what that means to them. And And, and how this works, practically speaking, folks, is, when you're a donor, and this is, can be incredibly difficult, but there, there is in accident cases and that sort of uh, anatomical gifting what we would call a harvest time frame. Uh, in other words, your organs are only going to be viable for a certain period of time, and the doctors will have to act with some haste in making sure that they get this done. And that document makes that process so much easier. Now, it doesn't make it easier. Uh, for someone grieving the sudden death of a loved one, uh, particularly with children and things of that nature, uh, the last thing that you want to hear is a doctor calling you and asking you about that when you're grieving a, a loss. But that is, in practicality, how it works. You know, it's a tough situation, folks. You know, I see anatomical gifting sometimes put in people's wills. Uh, usually people are buried or cremated before their will is ever admitted to court, and the will doesn't speak or give any authority until it's been submitted to the court and an executor has been appointed. So um, that's just kind of fallacious, and that tells me that the attorney or whoever drafted up that will really just didn't understand the process or what's going on. So check yourself out, folks. Um, it's really important to do so. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. 
Hey, it's Story Monson. Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m., right after the big show, I'll be joining Brian Ott with 525 Advisors for his live webinar. You'll learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by Brian and 525 Advisors. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It allows you to stay in control of your care options, and most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. So reserve your spot today. Join Brian and me Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m. I'll kick things off and share my long-term care story. Make sure to reserve your spot today at 525longtermcare.com. Brian keeps the class size small for a great learning environment. Space is limited. It's all free, and I'll be part of it as well. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Welcome back to Your Partner in Law. Hi, I'm Rick Gregorick, and I'm here with Ted Hansen. And we've been talking, you know, about your estate planning, but with the focus on your health care documents today, we find these, um, for many folks, are woefully out of date or insufficient and don't address some of the issues that we're facing today. So I wonder, you know, we're the last document we've been talking about is anatomical gifting or organ donation and the various means by which this can occur and you know what are your parts used for well they can be used to save a life today that would be transplantation or therapy you know um, or I call it save a life tomorrow or what gave us the ability to save a life today which would be research and education folks have different opinions views it's all good whatever your views are that's what we want to reflect in your documents now, Ted, there's one last question we got to wrap up in an estate plan, because I think you said earlier today, and I just wanted to clarify, this was a statement of fact, so we're going to fact check this, that all of us will eventually die. So I, you know, last we, I checked, when we get when we give out facts, we want to make sure they're right because I'll we know. It. I'll Google it when I get back to my desk, but I'm almost positive that no one's been getting out of here alive. I, I I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the so case. So that begs the question: at the end of the day, disposition of remains. Nobody likes to talk about this. This is rather, you know, it's uncomfortable. But well, never, but nevertheless, we get into these situations, don't we? That dad forever told his children that he wanted to be cremated and guess what mom or stepmom buries dad and it really 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 ruffles some feathers so this is kind of a very important topic as well to not only make sure that your wishes are known but you have some document in place that directs somebody to do what it is you want them to do yeah you know, ted i have a, a fun story about uh, graveyards and about all this process but a few years ago took a trip to europe and we took one of them riverboat cruises down the Danube. And it was basically graveyards and cemeteries and churches from antiquity and the castles. But many of the processes on dealing with the dead were quite interesting. Now, just to put a backdrop on it, you know, all through Bavaria along that uh, Danube River um, there, um, all of the the countries along there are predominantly uh, Roman Catholic. And so they've had all the burial customs and that from antiquity. Ted, we went to one graveyard. It had about 100 um, grave sites in it. Uh, the, grave, the, the cemetery was over 900 years old. 
and only 100 grave sites, but it's 900 years old. Wow. And yet they were having a funeral and a burial the day we were there. Very small, tiny little hilltop cemetery. And, you know, scratching their heads and going, well, what's going on here? But then as you read the headstones, you might see dozens of names for that one headstone. Well, about every decade or so, every 10 years, all the bodies are dug up and the bones are removed and put into an adjacent cave where they've inventory all the bones, all the long bones in one pile, all the curved bones in another pile, and then in the center, a pyramid of skulls. I sent some pictures home and people went, oh my God, what is that? But this is a process that was started over 900 years ago and continues on today. So it's, it's when it, not unusual. I mean, I remember as a young boy going through the catacombs in Paris and having the exact same thought. It's like, why are all of these skulls lined up on the wall? It was, it was just, it took me aback, and I, I just, I, it's just customs, and 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 you know, we are we are running out of room to some degree to bury people in a lot of places, particularly in the inner cities, and and I think this is a real big concern of a lot of people sometimes, right? Well, so. it you know, it's just a a, a tough situation on what do we. Do do with all this and you know our choices you know um, they're increasing I mean typically we've had two primary um, ways that remains are disposed of historically either through burial various forms of cremation and I'll throw in their burial at sea although not nearly as prevalent but those are the three things that we've historically had and now we're adding some new categories under the umbrella of composting and there are tests underway right here in the state of Washington. I have a feeling we might be a leader in this area. And um, What a surprise. A variety (laughs) of techniques from various things of planting you as fertilizer for a tree or silo type things that ends up making compost. And there's a hydrolysis type thing. Yep. There's yep. all kinds of things that they're just too gruesome to talk about Sunday morning. I'll let you uh, get your breakfast down and everything else. None of us really like to talk about this stuff, but it's a reality. It is end of day. And, Ted, you made a really good point a little earlier about guilt and everything. My own folks had a disagreement for their entire life. Oh, cremated. I was five, folks. Um, Mom was a teacher. Everything was a learning experience. And, of course, I've never forgotten that. And then, of course, later in life and was involved in Mom and Dad's estate planning with me and everything. And Mom's plan was to be cremated and Dad's was to be buried. Well, not too long before Mom died, she'd had contracted pancreatic cancer. And so, you know, about two weeks before she actually died, Dad sat there and said to me, you know, I think your mom may have changed her mind on being cremated. And, of course, my comment to Dad was, my mom said that? (laughs) I never knew my mom to change her mind on much of anything. Very powerful lady, very highly educated, college professor type. And so I had to go in and talk to Mom. This was very important because I'd had 50 years of knowing what she had told me she wanted. And that was very important to me to carry out her wishes. And it turned out that when I asked Mom about that, um, she got a little agitated and said, what gave him that idea? (laughs) And what it was is dad was just wrestling with this. So, you know, we had a talk with dad and everything. And so he came around and, you know, he he got on board and he was okay with mom being cremated. And because he, what his concern was, if mom was cremated and he was buried, they couldn't be together. They both wanted to be buried together. Once I assured him that he could be buried and mom would be buried with him, he was fine. He was okay. Now, like Paul Harvey, what's the rest of the story? About two years later, Dad calls up one day and he says, You know, I've been doing some thinking. Talked to Pastor Paul over at the church quite a bit about it and everything. And he said, You know, I, I'm just I, I'm going to go ahead and change my documents. I'd like to be cremated. I went, Whoa! Um, okay, I mean, if that's what you want. 
So, folks, this is something that's fleeting. It can come in, it can come out, but it's a personal choice. And it's, folks, if you're married, significant others or whatever, this isn't something to get upset about. It, you know, s- satisfy yourself and feel good about it. And, Ted, like you said, relieving that guilt. You know, I wanted to do what was right for mom. And that should be our guiding light. What yeah. does each individual want? Absolutely. Regardless of your personal preferences, you got to honor those uh, wishes of the people that create the document. And that that's a lot about what we do in estate planning. And the, the core of our world from a legal perspective is carrying out the intent of what we call the testator or the person that makes the document. And, and the courts, by and large, are very, very much in line with that concept. And if it varies, you better have a damn good reason why you're going to alter the plan. Um, because they will, in all cases, when there's any dispute, carry out the wishes of the testator, regardless of the personal interest of the contestants. Okay, so that's something that everybody needs to know. The other thing I tell people in this area, Rick, is that if you're getting buried, by and large, you are buying an interest in in dirt. You're you're, you're buying something, either a lease or a or an actual deed, in many cases, to a piece of ground that's fleeting. It goes up every year. Prepaid cremation plans are relatively inexpensive. They will not go unused if you buy one. Okay, these are effectively burial trusts. That what this is how yeah, they the money is protected by a trust that, that's overseen correct. by the state. And, and all funeral homes will write these. Uh, these and they they are a trust instrument. Um, and and it will assure you that. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to carry out your wishes, but, but also it, it takes care of a lot of planning that you would otherwise dump on your loved ones, that they now have to go out and find a funeral home and to figure out, buy the cash or whatever it is that they, that they, that they do. And, and if you've ever gone through that process with funeral homes, it, it's, it's, it's a horrible experience, in my opinion. I've had to do it on several occasions with my own mother and, and, uh, and relatives, and it, it, it's, it's not a pretty process. Let's just put it that way. So buy it now. It will not go unused. Yeah, we're a big fan of prepaid funeral plans, burial plans, especially if you have plans to be buried out of state or something like that. Dial that in now. It's very expensive. Yep. So you want to make sure you're taking care of that. Wow, Ted, the hour just blows by here. Uh, so much to talk about. We talked about your medical documents today, your HIP authorizations, your medical durable powers, your living wills, and a Anatomical gifting, organ donation, and we also talked about end of life as far as your burial versus cremation, composting's on the horizon, lots of choices out there. Please stay well, play safe. Please, we're here to give you a helping hand. Love to review your estate planning documents with you and for you to get them up to date. If you don't have one, please consider getting one. Contact us for our life plan organizer at yourpartnerinlaw.com, folks. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event info, newsletters, and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.